Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Disciples House. Please be seated. Uh, we'll do the announcements. I hope everyone's doing well this morning. All right, so upcoming events. Uh, Contending Faith Bible Conference will be in Branson, Missouri this week, or coming week, uh, with um, Reverend uh, Randall Greer. And uh, me and Robbie are going to be going um, for the week. And if you would like to get any of the media, uh, such as USBs or CDs or DVDs from the, the uh, meetings, just let uh, Pastor Robbie know, and we'll pick them up for you. And we can order those right up till Thursday morning. So if you change your mind and want to call us, you can. All right, so uh, ladies' shopping trips coming up November 4th. Uh, the ladies will be headed to Cleveland, Chattanooga for the day, and, um, and it's not just going to be a shopping trip. They're going to talk about things of God and encourage one another and, and answer questions and, and have a, and eat together, and, and there's the travel time together. So there's, it's, a lot, it's not just shopping. At least that's what they tell me because <laughs> I'm not allowed to go even though I like shopping. <laughs> all right. All right. But uh, please let Pastor Robbie know if you're planning on, att uh, on joining the ladies uh, for their shopping trip. Uh, she needs to know how many are going so she can make transportation arrangements. And also remember that the clocks fall back one hour that night. Yeah. All right. And then uh, November 17th, we got family fun night coming up. Uh, uh, we're going to... We're going to, instead of a traditional uh, Thanksgiving thing, we're going to do a uh, soup and chili night with, um, with a movie uh, so that we're not overdoing the whole turkey thing this year. Um, so, uh, but just remember, on the movie, Pastor Mike will not be picking the movie this year, or the, the, this time. I, I admit that was a terrible choice last time. <laughs> it was a good movie, but it was very sad. <laughs> Yep. Um, <laughs> so I won't be picking it. Somebody else will do it this time. <laughs> All right. And then other upcoming events. Uh, Christmas fellowships coming up December 16th. We will have a Christmas evening service December 25th. And uh, we're going to do the, we're coming up on the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum where, where we're going to go to, to uh, Kentucky, um, northern Kentucky to, to see those. So uh, if you're if you're wanting to attend, please let us know so we can start making uh, arrangements as as for a place to stay and 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 find out what that's going to cost. All right, so uh, let's see. Oh, for our Christmas fellowship, we will be doing our our uh, dirty reindeer games this year. Uh, although we're going to try and do a Christmas ornament and a de or or a decor gift uh, in addition to the dirty Santa thing. Uh, Robbie explains that better than I do. But, um, okay, so our meditation for this week. That's all our, our announcements. Yay. All right. So our in hymn for this week is uh, 1 John 5.20, and it says, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, given, or I'm um, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, and eternal life. All right. So our confession. I know that the Son of God has come. Praise God. And he has given me understanding. That I may know him that is true. I am in him. That is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. 
this is the true God and eternal life. Praise God. All right. Now, uh, our healing scripture for this week is uh, that for us to meditate on is Matthew's 12, uh, 15. And it says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. That's an easy one. Yep. So our confession, Jesus heals all that follow him, including me. Praise God. <laughs> all right. So let's pray for this service. Lord, we thank you for being here with us, and we thank you for your many blessings, and we thank you for all that you've given to us. Lord, we ask that you help us to, to draw closer to you today and, and to learn from you and to, and to learn to be more of a disciple to you because we come here uh, not to follow man but to follow you. We come to seek you and, and to know you and to come to, to, and to draw closer to you. So draw closer to us, Lord, and give me and Robbie the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for here and now, the words that are here for these folks that come seeking you, expecting to hear from you, and for those online that expect to hear from you. Lord, reveal yourself to us. Help us to draw closer to you and to become more like you every day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Derek? Good morning, church family. Let's stand up and do our confession together. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to the sin quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Amen. Yes, Father God, we just thank you. All right. Let's praise the Lord. Sure. I've got something 
So I throw 
again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I'm nothing else fit for a king for a heart singing hallelujah hallelujah so as I was reading in the book of Lamentations this week one thing that really provoked me about Jeremiah was he was a bit of a whiner <laughs> uh uh whining prophet, but the one thing that Jeremiah did get right that he truly stated was the fact that God's mercies are new toward us every day. So if you have nothing else to praise him for, praise him for those mercies that are are renewed every day. Unmerited favor. Let 
you father god glory glory to you i thank you thank you for breaking those chains off of us those sins off of us praise you praise you praise you Power be to you. 
creation I sing, praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Worthy are you, Lord. You are the one true God. Every name shall bow. Every need shall have to return confess that Jesus is Lord. Filled with wonder, awe of wonder, as the mention of your name. Think about this next statement. Jesus. Your name is power, breath in living water, such a marvelous mystery. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Come. 
with all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. I will lift you on high. You are the most high, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of all things. We love and adore Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Oh, glory, glory, glory be to you, Father God. Glory, glory, praise be unto you. For you are holy. You are worthy of our praise. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Glory, glory. Oh, 
Father, we're so thankful that we're so peculiarly bought by you, the blood of your Son. Father, we're so thankful that you saw fit to call us your royal priesthood. Father, we're so thankful that you saw fit to call us a holy nation. Oh, Father God, a chosen generation. Father, what an honor, what a privilege that we're no longer sinners simply saved by grace. But we're now the saints, the righteousness, the justified, the workmanship of the Father's hand. Oh, Father, we do glorify you and we magnify you. We worship you. Oh, Father, we just praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Oh, Rande Masi. Oh, Rande Maso. Oh, we glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you, Father God. Oh, we glorify you. We glorify you, Father. Oh, Father, we do glorify. We do glorify. We do magnify you. You can give me a small water. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, don't quit on him, church. Come on, keep praising him. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you. We thank, thank you for you, the Father. healing. We thank you for, oh, for Father, not being separated you. from you. We thank we you, Lord, thank you, that, that you have given us the authority oh, of your name, the authority that is the name above all names, and that you have given us the power and the authority to go with it, and that through you we can declare, Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You must flee, and Satan, you will flee now in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. We glorify you, and we magnify you, Holy Name. Glory. Glory, Father God, we glorify, we magnify, we lift your name on high. Derek, you got a song this morning. Lord, come on, come on. Come on. Whatever's on your heart, whatever whatever's on your heart, come on. Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord God of my Hallelujah, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty
Father, that as she does, as she worships you with the ability in her hands, that, Father, healing will begin to flow. And that carpal tunnel that's trying to attack, Father, it'll be eradicated from her immediately in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Miss Bridget, just play by faith. Just play whatever's on your heart by faith. And it don't matter what it sounds like, just play by faith. Y'all just keep praising and worshiping God. Soki haso dande masiki e. Haso dande. Maso dande masiki e. Maso dande aso. Oh rande masiki e. Masiki e sande.
Bridget, I sensed the angels were behind me, and as you played, one of them walked from behind the other one and came over by you. So as you as you have time at home, you have a keyboard at home, as you have time at home, just begin to pray in the spirit and just begin to play. And as you do, because it's been in doubt, it's been dropped in you. That I saw he had it, he had it in his hand. So as you go, as you spend time just praying in the Holy Ghost, just emptying your mind of, of your mental knowledge and just begin to play, that gift will start to rise from the inside out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Miss Bridget. Thank you, Derek. Congregation, you can be seated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Amazing things happen when you get in the Father's presence. When you get into the Father's presence, he can begin to shift and change and move things and meet the desires of the heart. Now, just because, now, and, and here's what you have to understand, that not everything manifests immediately. Or maybe you'll start to, to see a glimpse of the manifestation and then it'll wane. And if you let your head uh, talk you out of what you received, it will. So you have to just, you have to step out by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. We don't, we, we live and we walk, we breathe, every breath that we take. I want you to understand, every breath that we take is a breath of faith. Because I, I need you to realize that when God speaks, it immediately creates. Immediately. And if God were to say, no more breath. If he uttered those three words, no more breath, all breath in the entire universe would stop immediately. Because now, thank God, God's full of mercy and grace, and he understands the power that is contained in his words. He understands that everything that happens is based on what comes out of the mouth. And we're created in his image. Today we're going to talk about how to create your tomorrow. How to create your tomorrow. In fact, the life that you live today is a byproduct or is a direct product of what you spoke over yourself in your yesterdays. And it's, a, and it's also a direct uh result of what you received that others have spoken now as you get a as you begin to get an understanding of confession people get a little bit into one ditch and i want to talk about this ditch first so i don't forget to bring it up because i don't want you getting in the ditch everything of god uh runs down the middle of the road and you can get on the in the ditch on either side you know, one of the scary, any of y'all ever driven in, in the winter time? Especially when there's snow and ice on the ground. You know, you can drive in, if it's just straight snow, you can drive in that. I mean, you gotta, you, you use some caution, of course, but you can drive in snow. But even four wheel drive won't help you in the ice. And, and the whole thing about driving, you know, the, the thing about driving in that type of condition is what you want to do is you want to avoid the ditch on either side. 
You know, you want to avoid the ditch. Because if you hit the ditch, if even one tire, ask Jackie, if even one tire hits the ditch, you're not going anywhere. I'm picking on her. I'm picking on her. She knows. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. She was trying to rescue a baby turtle. She's a young driver. I don't know what she was thinking. She was taught better than this. She tried to turn around in a blind curve, and she put her front tire in a ditch, or back tire in a ditch, and she couldn't go anywhere without some assistance. So we've got to avoid the ditches of life. And one of the ditches when it comes to what people speak about you and over you is that people will receive it in their heart, and you don't have to. You do not need to receive. In fact, you should not receive anything negative that anybody speaks to you, at you, or about you. If somebody says, you're never going, you're, nobody's ever going to love you, don't receive that. If somebody says, you're stupid, you're dumb, you can't do it, you're, whatever it is, don't receive it. Don't receive it. Their words have zero power over you unless you receive it. So you have, when, and, and here's the deal. The devil will influence even those that you love dearly sometimes to speak words of, uh, that will get you over into that, oh, woe is me, I can't do anything right idea. No, no, no. The Bible tells us, this was not the verse we were going to, but let's go there uh, because we're going to listen to the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Come on, Second Corinthians chapter 10. Now, how many know that, that just because you're not supposed to uh, take words of condemnation or, or words uh, or, or evil words against you, you should accept <laughs> words of correction. Yes, yes. Because, because, you know, people don't correct you because they don't like you. Right. If they don't like you and they don't care what you do is wrong, they're not going to say anything to you. If right. they're correcting you, it's because they right. care. Yeah, and even, a, even if they don't know you, they may still care yeah. that, you, that, that you're at least about what you're doing. And here's the deal. If you get correct, if your behavior gets corrected, it's not about you. They all went, wait, tilt. Let me explain that. So many people will get corrected, and because they get corrected and they feel the conviction in their heart over correction, they immediately take that conviction as condemnation about who they are as a person. And that's not what correction is for correction and the conviction that comes with correction is about your behavior, not about your person. That's why we're very careful to say, uh, I'm not fond of your behavior right now. You know, uh, especially dealing with young people, especially uh, if you, if you, they'll, they'll ask you, well, they, 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 you got to listen very carefully to the words of young people. I mean, really any people, but especially young people, because they'll say things like, well, you're disappointed in me. And we have to immediately correct that and go, no, honey, I'm not disappointed in you because you, uh, you are wonderful. You're a great person. We push, you know, all of these things we build, we take a few minutes to build them up. And then we say, but we are not thrilled with your choice. We're not thrilled with your behavior. We're disappointed in the choice that you made. The behavior, because your choices and your behaviors, 
though they define how people perceive you, they are not necessarily who you, the person, is. Does that make sense? So, so you have to be very careful about how, you know, when, when you receive correction, they're not telling you you're a bad person. They're just saying, that behavior is not great. And the Bible tells us that the wise receive correction. Right. You know, just because you're wise doesn't mean you can't be corrected. Right. So Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Second Corinthians 10, verse 5, tells us to do this. Y'all hear us preach this, preach this, preach this. If you're tired of us preaching it, then start doing it, and we won't have to preach it so Amen. much. <laughs> Seriously. If you'd start doing it, we, we could move on to another scripture. <laughs> Verse 5. Casting down imaginations. I want to talk about this word imaginations. Imaginations. Now, I don't have a problem understanding the word imaginations. But this young generation, they don't, they don't understand this word. Imagination, and, and here's why they don't understand this word, because up until this generation right here, this youngest generation right here, um, even, even Derek's generation, he was on the borderline of it, and Jackie's was on the borderline of it. Uh, you know, we didn't always have everything. You know, uh, in our generation, more so than their generation, but in our generation, um, here was playtime. Go outside and don't come back in until it's dark. <laughs> don't go, 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 you know, I, I remember, you know, my dad did salvage work, and one of the greatest entertainments of my life was he had those, those real big wooden spindles, you know, that had the, you know, the, like what they keep wire and stuff on now. Oh, yeah, you could turn it up on its side, uh, uh, you know, turn it upright and have a table. You could lay it on its side and you could climb up on that thing and, and, and learn how to walk on it while it rolled. Not Remember that? Time. We could do that. Oh, yeah, I had a great time with that thing. Um, about killed myself more times than I can count, but had a great time with it. Another great game that we had. Now, imagine trying to play this game down in Florida where it's flat. You had to find a good pile of sand for this game. We had to play King of the Hill. You know, King of the Hill. And if you've never played King of the Hill, you're missing half your life. Because King of the Hill, what happens with King of the Hill is you get up on this big dirt pile and you, and you, and you declare to all the neighborhood kids, I'm king of the hill. And then it was game on. Cause you had to fight for your life to stay king of the hill. You'd get thrown down that thing, rolled down it, you'd climb up it. They'd practically get so aggressive they'd kick you in the head if you weren't careful enough. I mean, we just had to get, yeah, Derek, yeah. Uh, I mean, we just, we just go at it. You think, ah, I got there. And about the time you get there, somebody goes, whoosh. And tackle you right back down. I mean, they'd take you down even with that. They'd go down with you. Versus just, you know, whatever it took. Get them off to the king of the hill. I mean, we had some, you know, we used to play uh, house and school. Uh, one, of my, one of my dear friends, uh, uh, one of um, somebody, I don't remember who it was, posted on Facebook recently, you know, the kids cry all week long. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. What do they play Saturday morning? They play school. What are they doing? They're using their imagination. They're using their imagination. Uh, you know, we used to make forts and play army men and, 
you know, who was going to be the army guy, who was going to be the Indian guy, and all those different things. Um, what was that? That's called using your imagination. This young generation is not taught how to use their imagination because everything that you can imagine is on the TV screen. And they don't have to use now, it. Now, I will say this about the younger generation. Their imaginations will run wild with them. Take, for instance, if somebody says one crossword about them on, on Facebook or whatever social platform that they're, they're using, using, all of a sudden... Their world is their, their world is over because they start thinking about all the things that people are saying about them and all the negative stuff, and it just it, it whirlwinds and turns into a giant storm, and their and the world comes crashing down. Us older people, we're like, "What in the heck are you doing?" <laughs> the world rotates on more. We than don't that. understand that this is this is a big thing for them, but that's their imagination running wild with them. It's 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 because they haven't learned to develop their imagination. They don't understand how to control it. That's right. So basically, with these two examples, what is imagination? It's anything that you can think of in your mind. It's a thought. It's a thought in the mind. You know, your mind can come up with all kinds of emotions or all kinds of ideas. Your thought can come up with, you know, if you've got a test at school, or, you know, you've got a big, maybe you've got a big test, uh, you, maybe you've got to get some certification for work, and you've got some big test that you've got to take to get that certification, and you can get in your head about the test, and oh my gosh, I'm not, oh, I just, uh, you, you get in that situation and you start thinking, I'm going to freeze, I, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to remember anything, I'm going to, you know, I, my mind's going to go blank. These are all imaginations. And this, this verse right here, it says, cast down, cast down. And I used to teach this verse like this. I used to talk about casting it down like casting a fish line. But then the Lord showed me that it's still attached and you can reel that thing back in. Really what it means, now me having once upon a time an anger issue, uh, I get cast down. Uh, because this type of cast down, it literally means to with force, force it away from you. With force, force this thing down to the ground. Force it down. And, uh, you know, when my fleshly anger used to get out of control, I just looked for something that I could cast down, that I could break, that I could just get it out of my system. Well, the Bible tells us here, Paul tells us, that by the really it's the Holy Spirit speaking through the writer Paul says cast these imaginations down, cast these thoughts down. So when you have thoughts, because we're talking about your tomorrows, when you have thoughts that you're not going to have enough for tomorrow, you're not going to have the finances that you need to pay your bills. You're not gonna. You're gonna be. When a thought comes, oh, you're going to be sick. You feel that little tinge in your throat. Oh, you feel that little bit of puffiness in your ears. Oh, there's that little bit of there's that little bit of pressure in your sinuses. Here comes the the, the yearly allergy. Here comes the yearly sinus infection. Oh, your tummy rumbles just just right, and you're like, oh, I'm going to be in the bathroom all night long. You know, no, 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 no. You grab those thoughts and you cast them down with force. You cast them down with force. And, not, and, it's, and it says imaginations and every high thing. 
It doesn't matter if it's something that somebody says. It doesn't matter if it's a thought that you all of a sudden hear in your mind. It doesn't matter if it's something that you work up in your own thinking. It doesn't matter if you see something and it triggers a thought. It doesn't matter how it comes. If something is in your mind that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now that part of that verse right there will throw some people off because they'll say, well, I don't know God. I don't know the word. I don't know, especially baby Christians. How do you find out about that? Right. How do you find out about it? Well, first of all, you get in the Word and find out what does the Word have to say. But, I mean, honestly, if you're working for your boss and a thought comes, you can't say, excuse me, I need to clock out, I need to figure on this thing so I can cast this thought down, and then, boom, uh, then I'll clock back in and get back to where you can't do that. You can't eat the you can't eat You can't eat the clock. So here's what we do know about God. We know that every good thing is from God. And we know that if it's an evil or a bad thing, it's not from God. Absolutely. So if an evil or a bad thought or imagination enters the mind, like you're not going to succeed, you're not going to, you're going to fail, you're not loved, you're not important, you're just a hot mess, you're always going to be a hot mess, you can't get control of your body, even though whatever it is, you can go, well, that's not good. Well, if that's not good, then that's something I need to cast down. That's something I need to cast down. That's your measuring stick in the beginning. Okay? And even still, that's your. I've, we've been doing this for 23, 24 years, and that's still my measuring stick. Immediately. Is this a good thought, a bad thought? Oh, it's a bad thought. Okay, that gets cast down. Immediately. He says, and bring it into captivity. Once you take that thought and you slam, body slam it down to the ground, have you ever watched wrestling? I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I've seen enough to know a thing or two. When they body slam their opponent down, do they just leave them laying there on the mat? Oh, no, they jump on top or, of them. <laughs> yeah, they jump on top of them and, you know, put them in these weird positions and, and throw them around and what have you. What are they doing? They're bringing their opponent into captivity. Amen. And they continue to wrestle with their opponent until that opponent comes under obedience of what they want. Submission. And that obedience is they submit and they call quits on the fight. So it says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when a thought comes, it goes, you, it goes right along with binding. Right. When that thought comes, you have to immediately grab it. You have to immediately, with force, cast it down. Now, can you, with force, cast a thought down like this? Nope. No. How do you, with force, cast a thought down? You have to speak. You must speak. In order to get your thoughts under control, this is good stuff. Y'all need to write these things down. In order to get your thoughts under control, you must speak. You must speak. You will, uh, you will never change the course of your life with your mouth closed. You need to write that down, too. You will never change the course of your life with your mouth closed. Amen. In fact, during praise and worship, the Lord said this to me. He said, um, speak, not speaking is 
the same as speaking the wrong things. Not speaking is exactly the same as speaking the wrong things. And as we get into this, that'll make more, more, that'll, that'll impact you more as we understand right and wrong speaking. But uh, a lot of people, they get a revelation that they're not supposed to speak, uh, a, you know, oh, I'm not loved, um, I'm not going to make it, I don't have enough. They learn what not to say. So then they start not speaking at all. Derek can relate. He can relate. Zach can relate. They don't speak. Brianna can relate. They don't speak at all. And I'm like, hello? Hello? Come on. Come on. No, no, no. You actually, your power is the same power as the Father God's power. How much you know the world did not get created by God sitting on his throne thinking? Think about, think about it this way. What, and we'll show it to you in the Word here in just a second. Think about this way. What, what did God give us? He gave us the power and authority behind his name. Okay. How do we use his name? Do we do it silently? No. No. We have to speak it out of our mouths. Our prayers, that's got to be spoken out of our mouth. Yeah. Our praises, that's got to be spoken out of our mouth. All of these things are the, powers that, the power that God gave us to stop Satan in his tracks. And if we don't speak them out of our mouths, Satan's going to run all over us. It's like she said; it's the same as do it as doing the wrong thing because Satan at that point has free reign. And if you allow Satan to have free reign in your life, he's going to make a mess of it. How does Satan get? How does Satan get a power? How, how, blah, 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 blah. Help me out here, Lord. Untie my tongue. Thank you, Father. How does Satan get a hold of any person's life? He speaks to their mind. Satan does not. Satan doesn't come along and stand next to you and whisper in your ear and stand there and just think. He stands there. He's talking to you. He's telling you, you ain't ever going to change. You're never going to improve. You're stuck with this life. This life's not going to get any better. You ain't nothing about you's ever going to change. You're just a sorry, no good somebody. It's really a sorry, no good nobody. And you're just destined to have a horrible life all the days of your life. And I mean, he just, but, but up, but up. And he never stops. He never shuts up. In fact, the, if, you, if you listen to one of those thoughts, man, he becomes, he becomes like a machine gun. Oh, you heard me. Oh, and he never stops. Never stops. It's the biggest issue that I have ever, that I deal with with people, is they say, my mind never gets quiet. No, the problem is, is you never cast down the imaginations. You never bring them into the obedience of Christ. And you never say, you foul, disgusting spirit, shut up and get out of my head. In Jesus' Jesus name. name. You've got to, and you've got to be bold. with. You can't go. Oh, now, Satan, I recognize that's you, and those aren't sweet thoughts. I think you probably ought to take them and go back to, you know, go to the pit like Jesus told you to. He's going to look at you, and he's going to laugh, and he's going to start all up again. He's going to be like, oh, really? You know, just talking a thousand miles a minute. No, you've got to have some. Here's the way. How many in here have siblings? 
have siblings. Most most people have siblings, right? Most people I have siblings. So. Did your sibling ever get on your nerve to the point that you used a little aggressive tone with them? You mean like you a mom like, voice? You were like, I have had enough. Right? Use a mom voice or a right. dad voice. Yeah. Right? You like that, just get away from me type attitude. That's the attitude that you have to have with the devil. I can see that your sister would have laughed hysterically if you'd have done that. Oh, no. When I got mouthy, she, she backed off. Mom will testify. When I got mouthy, she backed off. Uh, but, um, so she backed off and then called me a brat. But that's the way you got to be with the devil. But the devil will do that to You've you, too. You've got to be firm and assertive and confident in your power and ability that comes from the name of Jesus. That's right. Let's go to Genesis. If, you, if you're wavering on that, Satan's not going to listen to you. He, he, he doesn't listen unless you're sure about it. Yeah. You have to be sure, you have to be confident, your trust has to be in the Lord, and then Satan will back off and he'll but, leave. And here's the deal. He has to. You, you, Satan's the one that brings sickness. You can't be mealy-mouthed with sickness. When sickness tries to attack, you have to go, ah, oh, Satan, no. Are you foul sickness? I see you. I see that sore throat. I see that headache. I see that sinus infection. We're working out in the, we're working out me and Derek. One day he's blaming me of working him too hard. The next day I'm blaming him for working me too hard. But you're being the pool working and you get a cramp or something. And, and you know what? We don't just go, oh. It's okay. We're like, ah, cramp, get out in Jesus' name. We ain't doing that. No, 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 no. Why? Because we understand we have power in our words. Go to Genesis chapter 1. What do you mean we have power in our words? Well, this is real simple. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our, meaning mankind, not just man, but right. mankind, in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish. Wait, stop right there. And let them have what? Dominion. Dominion. That means let them have power. And command. Let them have command. Let them have authority. Jesus, so the Father God said, let us. Who's he talking to? Us. Well, he's talking no, to, no. to himself. No, no. He's this talking is to in himself. Genesis. Man has not yet been created. So who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. He's talking to Jesus. And he's talking to the Holy Spirit. Somebody said he's talking to himself. No, no, right. no, no, no. No, no, no. His other because, parts. Because how much you know, the Father God, and this, is, this can be confusing. God is God. Father God is Father God. Jesus is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. They're three separate, but yet they're one. So they're talking to themselves. So, no, he's not talking to himself. He's not, yeah, he's not schizophrenic. He's not talking to himself. No, not like we would. The but. Father, he's not talking to me, myself, and I. He's talk, the Father God is talking to Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And the Father God had a conference. God called the meeting, and God said, Hey, Jesus, hey, Holy Ghost, uh, I, I think we ought to make mankind in our image. Notice he said our image. Did he say in my image? No. If, I was talking to, if, if, if God was talking to me, myself, and I, don't you think he'd say, uh, let's make man, let, let me make man in my image? 
No, he said our image. He's a three-part being. We're a three-part being. The real us is the spirit. Now, if, if the thoughts coming through the mind, is your mind going to go, oh, let's rebuke that? No, you've got to learn to do this from your spirit. Your spirit will prompt you to say, why are you listening to that? And you've got to, from your spirit, go, ah, I ain't putting up with that nonsense. No, you have to train, you have to grow your spirit to be bigger and stronger than your head. How do you grow your spirit? You meditate on the word. That's another teaching for another day. And you spend much time praying in the Holy Spirit. The more time you pray in the Holy Spirit, the more sensitive you will become to the Spirit. Why? Because your spirit bypasses your brain. I have proven this. I can drive my car and pray in tongues. I can do dishes, I can do laundry, I can watch TV, I can even read, write, and study. I can even sleep and pray in the Holy Ghost. But it takes training. It takes you continually. How do you get there? Well, I'm going to tell you how I got there. I'd wake up every morning and I'd say, all right, Father God, I put, the spirit, I put my spirit in, in control today. Yeah, and these are some good directions. And you said, Write these and, things and down. And you said that, right? You said I that said out it loud. out of my mouth. I got up every morning, and I said, okay, Lord, today the spirit is in control. Now check out what else I'd say. Brain, shut up and obey the Holy Spirit. I told my brain that every single morning. Tongue, you will speak what the spirit speaks in Jesus' name. Ears, you will hear what the Spirit says in Jesus' name. Eyes, you will see what the Spirit sees in Jesus' name. Hands, you will be lifted up in honor and worship to God today. Feet, you will follow the footsteps of God today in Jesus' name. What am I doing? I'm exercising dominion. Over my physical body. Amen. Every single day. Every single day. Catherine Kuhlman said she died to self a thousand times a day every day. What does that mean? It means a thousand times a day every day. She said, nobody, you're not thinking that. Nobody, we're not going there. We're not feeling nobody, that. we're not saying that today. Nobody, we don't feel that today. Nobody, I'm the boss today, the Spirit's the boss today, not you, every day. Nobody, we're not going to watch TV or listen to the radio. We're going to go listen, we're going to go study the Word today. Nobody, we're not going to go, we're not going to go just uh, entertain you. We're going to get on our hands and we're going to get on our face and our knees before Father and we're going to spend time in the Spirit today. What is she doing? Taking control of her body taking control of her body so god said let us make man in our image so god is a three-part being we're a three-part being we're a spirit we're a soul that's our thoughts feelings and emotions and we live in this house right here too many people allow their house to control them when you are to be controlled by your spirit now notice that it said it's notice right here it said and god 
What? Said. Said. Did God think, hmm, I think I want to make man in my image today? He said it. And once he said it, did he not follow through with it? Absolutely. He followed through with it. Go to Genesis, go to chapter, go to verse 1 of chapter 1. Verse 1 of chapter 1. And uh, let's read and let's do some counting. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... What did he do? Said. Let there be light. And there was light. What did he say? Let there be light. Let there be light. And what happened? There was light. There was light. So now we see that God has said, let there be light, and light happened. So so he said once we're here. Let's keep going. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now, these are not two says, but what did he say? It says God did what? He called. Called the what? The, the light day. The light day. What do we call this time of light? Day. Daytime. And, and what do we call the time of darkness? Night. Is that not what God called it from the beginning? Yes. Has that ever changed? No. Never. So, so again, we see here, even though he didn't say it, he doesn't say God said, it said that God called. So we can count this as, as a second account. All right. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Actually, we can count that as two because he called the day and he called the night. Right. So that'd be three altogether. So we got three altogether so far. All right. Verse six. And God said... There's another one. Let there be firmament in the mists of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. Now notice in verse 7, what does it say? And God what? Made. Made. How did he make it? With his words. He did not set his hands to dividing. He's letting you know that God spoke and it created. God spoke and it created. He's making it very clear that when you speak, it creates. Let's keep going. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening. And he called. Called. There's another one. The firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said... Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So how many are we up to? Mm, I got six or seven. Six, I believe. Anyways. No, we're not starting over. Go back and count. Remember it said, and God said, let the waters in the heaven be gathered together um, onto the place, and let the the dry land appear. So that was six. Well, that would be two, wouldn't it? Right there, because he, God said, let the waters and let the dry land. Oh. So that's two. Anyways. <clears throat> so that's why I had seven. God said, let, and God said, let. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. There we go. There's another one. And God saw that it was good. And God said. There we go. There's another one. Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. 
And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielded fruit whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, there's another one. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for years or days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two. There's another example. He spoke and then it was created. Mm -hmm. God made. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. How much you know that's still the case today? That has not changed. When God speaks, it stays until he tells it different. Just keep going. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, there's another one. Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Okay, so verse 22, that's actually two, because you can't bless, you can't bless something without speaking. So it says, and God blessed, it means he spoke them, and Say and saying. I think that's, so that's the two. Same thing. No, it's two separate we're, ones. We're talking about the same instance. No, he blessed them and then saying. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl okay. let me explain multiply why these are two. Earth. Let me explain why these are two different things. To bless means to empower, to, to empower, to get. So first he endued them with a power by blessing. And then after he endued them with power, he told them, be fruitful. He created that ability to be fruitful, to multiply. So he, he, he instructed them. How much do you know? Listen, how much do you know animals left alone will do what? They're going to be fruitful and they're going to multiply. They're go, so, so he gave them the ability and then he told them what to do with that ability. Those are two different okay. things. All right, let's keep right. going. Verse 23. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth. Said, There's another one. Let the earth bring forth the living creatures after, or creature after its, his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. All right. So we're going to stop right here. At this point, I think we've got... 15 or 20, 15 or 16. If you go through the entire chapter, I believe it's 20 or 21 times in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God speaks and then whatever he speaks is created. So in chapter 1, where most people read Genesis chapter 1 and they think, okay, this is just the story of how we came into existence. Okay, that's nice. How does that pertain to me? Well, it pertains to you because he's teaching you what the spirit realm runs on. It runs on speaking and creating. Speaking and creating. So, 
If we're made in his image and when he speaks, he creates, then that means that when we speak, we create. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Talking about how to change the course of your life or how to create your tomorrows. If you don't like the, if you do not like the current situation in your life, begin to speak differently. Begin to speak, begin to bring into existence a different tomorrow. If you don't like who you are, begin to speak differently about yourself when you're alone. Because I know what you, I know what people do when they're a lot, when they're in front of people. They're like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm alright, I'm good. No, I'm, I, I don't have any problems with myself, I'm great with myself. But then they get home and they get in the privacy of their own home and they close their door, they walk in a bathroom, they see themselves in a mirror or whatever the situation is and they begin to speak wrongly about themselves they begin to speak what the devil says they begin to say i'm not loved i'm not lovable i'm always a mess i've made this mistake i've made that mistake i've had this many failed marriages i've had this many failed relationships i've had these problems in school i'm you know i'm not a straight a student or did any fault i mean they'll look themselves in the mirror and judge themselves over something that they have zero control over. They'll look themselves in the mirror and they'll go, stupid eyes. One's bigger than the other one. You look like it. You look like a freak. Well, who created you? God did. And do you know that every single person in the in the entire known world has one eye bigger than the other eye? Do you know that you are, you, you know, the Bible says that you are uniquely and wonderfully made and that God knit you together with his very own hands in your mother's womb. Uh, for you to look at your mirror and go, wow, uh, my ears are too big and, and one's higher than the other one. And, you know, uh, you know, I think of that song. I think of that song about your ears hanging low and, you know, you, know, you got the big lopes, you know, flopping and all that. I think about that song. <laughs> Mom's back there singing it. And, uh, you know, you get in the mirror, you're like, oh, my ears stick out. And, you know, they, they're down here. Or, wow, look at how big my nose is. Or, you know, one of the things that I say when I smile, my lips disappear. Like, oh, where'd they go? Oh, God, you know. <laughs> Whatever. When I'm tired, one eye has a mind of its own. It's just like, woo! What you looking at? I don't know. You know, I have a Who knows? Whatever. Oh, my sister loved to play uh, connect the dots. She'd grab a hold of my arm with a pen and connect, and she'd be like, dot, 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 dot. Oh, there's too many. And I've got these huge ink marks up and down my arm. I'm like, what was that for? Thanks. I appreciate that, right? You know, but what are we doing? We're tearing down the creative workmanship of God's hands. No, what you need to do is you need to stand in front of the mirror. You need to look into your eyes. Matthew chapter six, in chapter six tells you that the light of a, that the light of the eye is is the spirit. So in, is the way that Jesus talks about it. He said, he really says the he says the eye, the light behind the eye is, is the spirit of a man. Is basically what he says. And um, you need to look yourself in the eye, and you need to just say to God, okay, God, 
Show me what you see when you look at me. And you will begin, if you'll just stand there and listen to your spirit and allow God to begin to show you your unique beauty, you will begin, or your unique handsomeness for you man. I'll, I'll, I'll guy it up a little for you. If you'll begin to just stand there, you know, now don't do this in a public restroom. People think you're crazy. But in your privacy of your home, just stand there and look and say, okay, God, show me who I am. And you will begin to see yourself the way that God sees you. The way that God sees you. You'll begin to see this in yourself. Begin to say what God says about you. You know, look at yourself and say, you know, hey, you, you are creatively and wonderfully made. You're, a, you're unique. You're a peculiar person. You've been bought by the blood of Christ. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Begin to speak to yourself like this. Begin to tell yourself who you are. This is why we have our Sunday morning confession. Well, Pastor, I don't know what the word says. I don't know what to say about myself. Well, grab a bulletin or grab one of our cards back there and just stick it somewhere where you can see it multiple times a day and begin to confess it over yourself. We got, we got a confession card, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Grab that card and begin to confess that over yourself. Why? Because what you say is what you create. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9. We got we to gotta back up. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to back up to verse 10. Okay, we're going to back up to verse 10. Yep. All right. It, in verse 10, it says, if that, and remember, in, in, in uh, chapter 28 and 29, in 30, he's been talking about the blessings and the curses and how if we follow him and his commandments that he'll, he'll, we'll have the blessings, but if we, if we don't, then we'll have the curses. So right here in verse 10, it says, If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written, written in, the, in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment, which I command thee this day, is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. He's sure. saying that, that the commandments I'm giving you, it's not going to be hard to follow them because they're not going to be hidden from you and they're not way over there somewhere. No, they're in they're, your heart it, at this stage. It says, if it is not in heaven that thou should say, who shall go up for us to the heaven and bring it unto us so that we may hear it and do it. Nope, it's not there either. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee. It's in thy mouth right. and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. So the word is in us. That's right. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. So he's, he's setting both these things. There's the blessings and the curses. He's setting them before us. And then he's given us the choice. He says, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God. Pause just a second. He said, he said I set before you this day life and good. God gives you life and good. Then it says, and death and evil. God does not have death and God does not have evil. Death and evil are already on the earth. What he put on the earth was blessings and life. And he's telling us blessings and life, good or evil, are, are already on the, on the earth today. You, oh you, get to choose which one you're going to partake in. 
You get to choose. Are you going to take part in the, my blessings in my life that I put on the earth for you? Or are you going to take part in the death and the evil that Satan has put on the earth for you? It's your choice. Yep. Verse 16. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land, whether thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce you to, hit, to the, you this day, that ye shall surely perish, and that ye, ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou, goest, thou passest over the Jordan to possess it. And then it says, and I so call. So he's warning you, you really don't want the evil side. He's right. warning you again. He's telling you again, one last time. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. Now I want you to pay very close attention to this. If you don't have this scripture outlined, highlighted, underlined, something in your Bible, you need to. Notice he said, I call heaven and earth to record against you. If you go to a court of law, there's a person there called the court recorder, and she types everything that is said in that courtroom, both the good and the, and the evil, he, the good and the bad. They, they, the record is not swayed one way or the other. It's literally this is what was said. Well, get, where they get that idea from? They get it from, the, from God right here. He said, I call heaven and earth to record. He's talking about a legal procedure here. Heaven is observing and recording every word that proceeds from your mouth. Every single word that you speak. Every word that you speak publicly. Every word that you speak privately. Heaven there's an angel that's recording it and writing it down for the legal proceedings of heaven. And guess what? The earth, or the God of this earth, is doing the same thing. Yep. There are, Satan and his demons are recording everything that you say. Why? Because there is the spiritual law of speaking and creating. God put it in place when he created the earth. Every word that we utter, either heaven is going to respond or hell is going to respond based on what we say. Every single word we say is going to produce. This is why you don't want to say, I have family members that had said this in, in the years past. I'm going to die young. I'm going to die young. I'm going to die young. I'm going to die tragically, and I'm going to die young. That family member died tragically and died young. Tragically and died young. Because he was so overtaken with the thoughts of Satan. I'm going to tell you what happened. He got so overtaken with the thoughts of Satan because he would not get them under control that he actually went to his best friend's house while his family, while his friend's family was in the house and began to shoot at the house and gave his friend no option but to shoot him to protect his family. Gave him no option. He had no option. How much do you know that's tragic and that's dying early? 
And what was behind it? Satan, because Satan, because, because he continually said, he continually said, I'm going to die tragically and I'm going to die young. Now, was that God's plan? No. Elvis Presley, he always said, they, uh, they interviewed um, Maria Presley. They interviewed her after he died. And the person interviewing asked her, he said, uh, they said, Are you su- were you surprised when he died at the age that, she, that he died? And, he, and, she said, and she thought about it for a minute, and she said, You know, I'm really not. And the, the commentator was shocked to hear her response. And they said, you weren't. And, he, and she said, no. She said, because I used to get on Michael all the time. See, now you've, you've crossed two of them over because that also happened with Michael Jackson. That's he what I meant. He was married to, you, you said Elvis Presley. I'm sorry. They both had I'm the sorry. Same problem, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley, let me back it up. Let me clarify it. Elvis Presley always said he was going to die young like his mama. And he did die young at the same approximate age of his mama. He did die young. He did. Now, now the, the, we understand the tool that was used was a drug overdose. Uh, however, that was not what actually took him out. What took him out was the words. Yep. was the words that he spoke. Michael Jackson, sorry, being married to Elvis Presley's daughter, Maria Presley, when Michael Jackson died, they were interviewing her, and she thought about it, and she said, you know, no, I'm not surprised, because Michael used to say to me all the time, I'm going to die young just like your daddy did. I'm going to die young just exactly like your daddy did. And how much do you know Michael Jackson died of a drug overdose? It's what he died of. See, your words create. Uh, Y'all, young people don't know this. There was a show called uh, Sanford and Son. The gentleman that played the, the gentleman that played Sanford, his big bit, his big act on stage was to say, Martha, isn't it Martha? Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Martha was the other lady. Elizabeth, this he'd grab his chest and he'd start to kind of act like he was gonna have, like he was having a heart attack, and he'd say, "Elizabeth, this is it. I'm coming to see you." That was his big bit every time he got himself into a pickle. Do you know that while he was on set, he actually called out, "I'm having a heart attack." And they all thought that he was doing his bit, and he got no medical care, and he died of a major heart attack. Right on stage. Right on stage. Do you know that? See, your words produce. My stepdad, now, he, he wasn't taught the word. Didn't He grew up uh, not knowing the word to the degree that we know, but it was amazing. The whole time we were growing up, he was a stickler for what you said. You were never allowed to say, uh, now mind you, he worked scrap and we always had used cars and he was always having to work on them and had tools in the car and, you know, they weren't, they weren't, you know, the ramp up and go. Uh, we used to have what we called vacation spots and we drive by and we go, oh, there's one of our vacation spots. You know what a vacation spot is? That's where you broke down and you sat a few hours while the car got fixed. 
That's what a vacation spot was. Uh, so, he, but he would always say, he, he was a stickler. You were never allowed to say, the car's going to break down. We're going to get a flat tire. Because, why? Because he understood what you said produced. And I mean, if you said, really, we're going to go to the car, we're going to go all the way over here and you think the car's not going to break down? I mean, he'd get mad. Why? Because he understood that you put something in place. Well, he ended up with a heart condition. And he ended up having a, a, a bypass back when bypasses were real big, big deals. They're still big deals today, but back then it was big, big deals. And uh, the doctors had told us, they said, oh, you should get at least 10 years. And there was always a question mark in the back of his mind, I think. And he did real good for about four years or so. And then uh, he was working and he fell off the truck and it kind of bothered his sternum. And he started saying this and he started saying it real regular. The next heart attack I have will be my last. The next heart attack I have will be my last. The next heart attack I have will be a big one, and it'll take me out. Well, guess what? The next heart attack that he had was a massive heart attack, and he died. What you say matters. Why? Because heaven and earth are recording your thoughts so that they can either your words, bring, or your, your I mean, your words, not your thoughts. Your words, not your thoughts. They're recording it. So that God can either bring you blessings or Satan can bring you curses. And it's 100% up to you if you get blessings or if you get the curse. It's 100% up to you. Look at what God says in the rest of this verse. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death. And again, he said, you're on the earth. You can either have my life or you can have the devil's death. Blessing and cursing. You have my blessing or the devil's curse. Therefore, choose life. God gives you an open book test in case you're not smart enough to know which one to choose. And it's amazing to me the number of people that choose death. I am, I am floored at the number of people that choose death repeatedly. But yet God gives us the answer. He goes, mm, in case you're confused, let me help you. Choose life. Has the devil ever helped give you an open book test? No. He keeps everything hidden. No. We like the open book test. What is an open book test? That means if you'll just actually use the book, you'll get an A. Right. You'll get an A if you'll actually use the book. So Glory choose to God. life that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that now, thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So if we will choose life by our words, it will produce the promises of the covenant in our life. If we will choose to watch our words, now go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. We're a word church. We believe in the word. We believe in showing you to the word. Giving you, us giving you our opinion isn't going to make any difference. But the word does. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 11. 
Proverbs 12, 11 through 14. All right, verse 11. He that tilleth this land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain perversions is void of understanding. Now, this sounds like working like the land, like going out and physically working the land, but how much, it says he that tilleth the land shall be satisfied with bread. If you will tilleth the land of your tomorrow with the words that you speak today, you will have bread for tomorrow. In other words, if you will speak, if you will work the word today on the side of life, you will have provision for tomorrow. Instead of saying, every time I get a paycheck, my money's gone before I get it. I have holes in my pocket. I put money in and the money just falls out. Instead of saying, I ain't ever got enough. My bank account's always sitting on zero or negative. I ain't got nothing but goose eggs. Instead of saying that, why don't you begin to say, the Lord blesses me with more than enough. The Lord sustains me with his sufficiency. My checks are always more than I expect. Man, when I put money in my pockets, it's like it multiplies. Praise God. It's like it multiplies. I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in my bank accounts because God has made me a blessing to be a blessing. Oh, now you're lying, pastor. Now you're lying, preacher. No, 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 no. Don't you know you have a bank account in heaven? Yeah, you got a bank account in heaven. I didn't say what bank account I was talking about. I just said my bank accounts are full. What am I doing? I'm pulling on the word. I'm tilling the ground. I'm tilling the ground. I ain't never seen nobody out there tilling the ground. I'm sure it happens. Out there, people, farmer out there. Can you imagine a farmer out there tilling the ground? I'm going to put all this hard work in. Ain't nothing going to grow. My whole family's going to starve. I'm out here just sweating. And I, that's not the normal attitude. The normal attitude is we're going to till this up. We're going to plant these plants. We're going to get 10 tomato plants. We're going to get 10 okra plants. We're going to get some watermelon plant. Before you know it, they got to till twice as much as they were planting because they got so much because they got so excited about the provision that God was going to bring them. Amen. Well, instead of tilling the physical land, why don't you till the land of your tomorrow with your words? All right. So verse 12. The wicked desireth the, the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. The Come wicked on. is snared by the lips or, or by the transgression of his lips. But the just shall come out of trouble. Come on. How much do you know? The wicked are, listen, the wicked, the, the ones that are without God, you know, what are they? I, I just said it. They're always saying. I mean, I grew up hearing this. I thought this was the way to go. I ain't got, I got holes in my pockets. Ain't, uh, we're, all, we're living on barely get along street. Get barely getting along street. That's where we live. Uh, my, one of my sister's favorite ones was, I got champagne taste and beer pockets. You know what that means? I got champagne taste and beer pockets. Champagne's expensive. Beer's cheap. I like, I like expensive, but all I can afford is cheap. That's what it means. You know, uh, how, you know growing up, listen, we growing up, we, we used to have those uh, uh, country crock butter containers. That was our Tupperware. 
and the Cool Whip containers, you'd look in the cabinet and you'd go, oh, there's butter. And you pull out the butter and no, it's, it's, it's mashed taters or something. <laughs> Who knows what it is. You open that thing and you think, what is that? Put the lid back on and slide it back in there. Yeah, you know, it's green by that point. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, what is that, you know? <clears throat> yeah, you, you, you're looking for it. You pull, you think, okay, there's leftovers in here. Oh, you pull it out and you think, well, that's butter. I thought we had leftovers. You stick it back in and you miss the leftovers because you didn't look for the second country crock container. No, come on. Come on. No, no, no. No, you got to change your mentality. You got to change your thinking. You got to change your thinking. You know, and you pull out those containers and, and you make excuses for your poverty. You say, "Well, ain't nobody need Tupperware. That's just stupid. I get this thing for free." Tupperware is at least clear. You can at least see what you got. You're not confusing it for the butter. You know, how much, I mean, there's all kinds of way to say I'm poor. There's all kinds of ways to say I'm poor. Right. I paid good money for this too. In fact, let me get the knife, slit the container, and suck the toothpaste out. <laughs> Come on. Oh no, after you after you roll it, you gotta get that last little bit out. Come on. We understand how this works. Alright. <clears throat> They're sneered by the transgression of their lips. Talking in that type of manner. Talking in the manner of listen, if you go and I'm not, I've been there, been there, been there. Believed it, thought it, the whole same way. If you go to Walmart thinking, well, these $20 jeans are just as good as those $100 jeans. I, need no, I don't need no stupid celebrity's name on my butt cheek. Just being, I mean, that's the way, that's the way poor people talk now. Come on, let's be honest. But you know what I learned? I learned them $100 jeans last a whole lot longer than them $20 jeans. They really do. They don't stain as easily. They don't rip as easily. The seams don't get worn out as easily. They last you longer. I've learned. I've learned. But talking that poverty will keep you in poorness. But, but, it says, but the just shall come out of trouble. I've learned to say, I've learned to do this. Uh, you know, we used to keep, you, you ever get the lunch meat and the reclosable lunch containers? I learned this, uh, coming out of this, this mindset, I don't know how we got over here talking about poverty in words, but somebody needs to hear this. I come out of this because I, I, I started doing this. With just a few little good containers in my cabinet, I started, I'd, I'd, I'd pull the leftovers out of it or whatever, and then I'd throw it away, and I'd go, you know what? We can afford better than this. We can afford better than this. What was I doing? I was producing prosperity. We can afford better than this. I stopped squeezing the toothpaste and getting fighting with it. It gets to that point where you got to squeeze it, throw it away, pull the other one out of the cabinet. Buy it before you need it. I'd buy it before I need it because I'd say, I can, we can afford this. We can afford this. What you say will get you out of trouble. You're sowing seeds. Working that ground. All right. Let's see. Fourteen. Okay. A man shall be satisfied with good with good by the fruit of his mouth, and recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. How are you going to get satisfied with good in your life? 
With the fruit of your mouth. With what you speak out of your mouth. What If you don't like the life that you have, begin to speak good. How, how many have had, uh, what about, I can't? Oh, how yeah. many have had problems with that? I you don't know, remember. Uh, how many have had people been trying to teach you something and you're like, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Well, when you finally listen to that person and you try it, most of the time you can. But you can. how many know you can get stuck in that I can't world? If you keep saying that, you're not going to be able to do anything. But and, and whose words are those? those? Those are Satan's words. What does God say? You I can. can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I learned this lesson. I learned this lesson over, over a pickle jar. Pickle jar. Listen, I love pickles. I do. Bread and butters, kosher spillers, dill spares. I don't care. I love them. I can get into a jar of pickles. But my dad, my stepdad, a big burly man, big hands working on cars and everything all the time. I don't care. Peanut butter, mayonnaise, whatever. If it was a jar, daddy, open this for me. He got frustrated with me one day and he looked at me and he said, if that jar was a jar of pickles, I bet you could get in it. Well, my redheadedness said, fine, don't open my jar. And I went and I thought I ain't had a problem with jars ever since. Why? Because he began, I said, what, why? Because he said that to me and I said, I can too, watch me. <laughs> why? Because I began to speak it. And I'm sitting there, the whole time I'm fighting with that jar at that age, I'm like, I can't too open this jar. I can't open it. I can't open it. I will open it. I can open it. What was I doing? I was speaking my, I was speaking my situation. I was speaking it into existence. Existence. Biggest, biggest childhood story I remember. Some of y'all remember Cat in the Hat real well can recite it. He can still recite it just about, maybe. I don't know. It's been a few years. Uh, but you know, the one that I always remembered was the little train that could. I think I can. I think I, think I, can. I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. I can. I can. What is that? What did that little train do? He, he worked speaking. his words. He worked his words. Well, guess what? You got to work your words. Yep. You got to work your words. All right. Going over just a little bit to chapter 13. Uh. All right, chapter 13, verse 2. A man shall, shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. That's right. Talking so, about the words. The soul, how much do you know your soul will speak out of what it thinks and what it feels? You'll speak out of what you think and what you feel. No, no, no. We as Christians can't speak what we think and what we feel until we train our brain to think different. What do we have to think and what we have to speak is what the Word says. What does the Word say? See, if you get into speaking by your emotion, you're going to end up in, in a mess. You're going to end up in a now, mess. Now, when you speak, when you speak words, th does it happen instantaneously? No. no. See, because God operates off of seed time and harvest. Right. He, we have to plant seeds with our words, and then over time, we will, we will uh, gather the harvest from that. There's, there's, there's a time for everything, and, and you will reap a harvest from your words. So if you're always speaking negative words, you're going to have negative things. If you're always speaking good words, you're going to have good things. It's, it, but you have to be careful of what your words are, because your words, you're created in God's image, and your words are powerful. So... 
you have to pay attention to what you're saying on a regular basis. If you don't, you're going to eat the you're going to eat the transgressions, and that's, that's not right. good. Right. That doesn't taste good. That's right. So we're going to end right here because we're we're getting we're getting we're it. running out of time. We're we're getting there. <laughs> we're going to pick this up next week because there's so much about the words that we speak. And, you know, and, and you've got to keep hearing this a little bit before you'll begin to change the, curse of, the course of your life. But, but begin, to, begin to be mindful about what you say this week. Begin to, begin to say, are the, uh, the words that I'm speaking, are these words that are going to invoke the blessing or are these words going to invoke the curse? Are they, going to be, are they going to bring me the blessing or are they going to bring me the curse? I know people that say, I can't remember anything. And they have, and they literally have, and they, and, and, and I mean, I've watched these people through the years, and now they're struggling with dementia. They're struggling with Alzheimer's. I'm not going down they're, that road. They're struggling with those problems. <laughs> Michael, Michael's one, of, Michael's one of them that I've been fussing at for years. He'll say, you know my memory. I just, there's, he, I can remember long, but remember short. I just, I just, and I'm like, Michael? I do not want to deal with a husband that has dementia in his old age. Change your words. And he's like, oh. Right, and I know what that's like because my mom has dementia. Yeah. I'm like, change your words. Rebuke some seeds. We will talk about, and if, here's the deal. If you're like, oh, my gosh, Pastor, my language is, woo, we'll come back next week. We'll talk about what to do about the seeds that you've already sowed. If you've already sowed bad seeds, you can do something about them. Yes. You can do something about the seeds that you have already sown. Yep, start changing the direction of your life right now. Change it now. <laughs> change it now before it's so set that you can't change it. Well, glory to God, I preach myself happy, encourage myself in the word. Um, I will say this last thing because the Lord spoke it. Uh, some people, Some people will do this about the words they speak. They fake it until they make it. In other words, they're like, oh, I'm blessed, I'm highly favored, I'm doing fantastic, I don't have any issues in the world. Meantime, behind the scenes, they are struggling and they are drowning. Uh, it's perfectly acceptable to tell your brothers and sisters in Christ, I am blessed and highly favored, but right now, I need some support, I need some prayer, I'm having a hard time, I, I'm really struggling. It's perfectly acceptable to say that. Uh, because if you are always telling us you're blessed and highly favored, we're going to look at you and think, well, man, you got a walk going on that's, whew, wow, can, I, can you teach me how to do that? And you're going to be like, no, no. There is, what, what, instead of fake it till you make it, you need to faith it until you make it. In other words, speak by faith, speak out of a heart of trust until it begins to bring a change. Until it begins another, to bring another a change. thing I don't really like is better when you ask how you doing, brother. Oh, better than I deserve. You know what? That's not the way God sees it. No, you're not even God. <laughs> God. God did this. God did this because you do deserve better. Yeah, and and, and honestly, and, you're and not he, walking because in the fullness. He, because He loves you and He created you and 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 He made you to be better than this. Yeah. you know He He didn't do this because. You're just low down, dirty trash, and there's nothing, you know, yeah. unless I do this, you ain't never going to be nothing. No. no. He did it because he loves us, and he, he made us, and he wants us to be better. So saying it's better than you deserve is not exactly, although in the moment might be true. 
It's not the best. It's not the best. It's not Glory what God, God would have. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. We'll do our tithes and our offerings. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to sow uh, into the Father's kingdom. It's an honor and a privilege, Pastor, if you'll pray. Oh, yes. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this word. We thank you for your encouraging words, and we thank you for drawing us closer to you and helping us to, to learn to become more like you, to, to, to learn that our words are powerful and that they, they create our lives and that they, create our, the, the, they are creative and they, they, they produce results and that we have to be careful of what we say and how we say it. Lord, because we know that, that you created the whole world, the whole universe with your words. You created us with your words. Lord, we know that, that even though our words aren't quite as powerful as yours, they're still pow quite powerful. And that, that, that your creative power is in us and in our words. And we must, therefore, follow you and, and, and desire you and speak your words so that we can reinforce what you have taught us. And that we can live that prosperous life. We can live that healthy life. We can live that long life. We can, we can have peace in our lives. That we can have all good things and all blessings will follow in our lives if we will just watch our words and, and say the words that you have told us to say. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And we thank you for your many blessings. And we will meditate on this word throughout the week. And it will grow in uh, in our lives and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with, Lord, because your word says that we should share, and we do, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, we, we, we thank you for, for this thank opportunity you, to give unto your kingdom, to repay yes. pay a little bit, to doing thank towards you, the, your we work sell, in this sell, world, we because we want to see your will done on earth thank as it God. is in heaven. And we, so we give unto your kingdom. We give with a generous heart and a, and a, a blessed pocket. Yes, thank you, Father. Because we know that you will bless us for what we do in, into your kingdom. So yes. what we sow into your kingdom, you will bless us so that we can be a bigger blessing. And Lord, we just ask that you bless that you bless this offering, that it go further than we can ever ask, hope, or think in the, to the doing of your work. Yes, in Jesus' you, mighty Father. name. Thank you, Father. And Father, as Michael and I proceed out to Branson, Father, we just ask for traveling mercies for ourselves and for all those headed out to the meetings, Father God. Father, we just thank you for having your hand of provision upon us. Father, this week as Miss Patty's at home with her sister Delora, Father, we thank you for sustaining Delora's life. Father, we ask that you give her the desire to make the changes necessary to, that, so that her body can begin to recover fully and that she be completely restored and that she have the desire to respond to that desire, Father God. Father, strengthen Miss Patty, sustain Miss Patty as she takes care of Delora. Father, we thank you for giving the doctor supernatural wisdom, revelation, and knowledge into her life. Father, we ask that as Miss Crystal goes forward with treatment, Father God, that she'll have no adverse reactions to this new treatment. In Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. And amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Um, tonight, prayer is going to be at 530. Miss Anna is going to lead prayer for the sick at 530. Then she's going to teach healing school. And let me tell you what, she is a powerhouse for healing. She studies healing every single day. She knows she's she's got some real truths about how to walk in divine healing. She walks in divine health. Uh, so you want to be here for divine for healing school prayer and healing school at six, 
And then Miss Bridget, Miss Bridget's a dynamic studier of the word, a dynamic teacher. She's going to teach Wednesday night. And then we, and then uh, they'll lead prayer on Friday night as well because we'll still be driving home. Uh, so church as usual, come out, support them, and uh, get a teaching on the word from a slightly different perspective. And uh, we thank you. You.